Okay. Good afternoon. Actually, the way we say it in Texas is howdy. I think um, I think that what we need to do, since I'm from Texas and I'm learning this thing about you know the way you speak in Canada, eh? Then maybe we all need to learn to speak a little Texan. So what y'all need to do for me is say howdy, y'all. All right, there we go. So you could be can't go up. It is. How's that? We got to get this right now. Got to get the sound just right. Uh, did everybody get some rest last night? Uh, I know yesterday was a for me was a fantastic day. Uh, I enjoyed the fellowship. Uh, I especially enjoyed the Bible study. Uh, I especially enjoyed the uh, listening to the younger people and the faith that they are developing, the faith that they have, and uh, that's really inspiring uh, to see. So y'all need y'all need to consider yourselves blessed to have young people and to have the numbers that you have. And um, I just pray that God will continue blessing uh, the youth. We, you know, we, we need those to come along to, you know, replace us. And so it looks like you're in good hands. So, hey, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, I want to thank all of the music, uh, the choir. Thank you for beautiful music. Uh, I want to thank the, the special uh, music that was done during the offertory and then uh, the special music that was done even before that. So uh, we've had plenty of wonderful music, haven't we? So here we are on what day? Pentecost. Interesting. I was, you know, listening to uh, Adrian, listening to Murray, that when the, you know, that the day of Pentecost was fully come, and I think there's one other little e- explanation of that. You know, in 31 A.D., when it says Pentecost was fully come, think about this. That was um, there is this thing that we keep it year to year, and then there's this thing called the season of Pentecost. And you know, for the season aspect, Pentecost is still going on because the first fruits are still being added, aren't they? So from that from that aspect, Pentecost is is continuing. Uh, Pentecost will end, and you know there will be those who are all for the first resurrection. But welcome to the to the day. Welcome to Pentecost 2019. Uh, this day has monumental meaning to us, doesn't it? Uh, it does. And for all of us that are, are baptized and have received God's Spirit, it even has more meaning, doesn't it? Because of what that means for us. We really have a precious heritage of, of knowledge and understanding and truth in God's church. It's incredible and an incredible heritage, what we're looking for in, in the future that we have together uh, in, the, in the kingdom and what God is doing. So, you know, Pentecost means 50th, and we know that the day of Pentecost is celebrated 50 days after the offering of the wave sheath. And we've, I'm sure these topics have been covered uh, well through through the uh, time, and this is a feast of weeks. This is not a one-day feast, is it? It's a, you know, it's a feast of weeks. You will find that feast of weeks found in Exodus 34:22. I don't plan on turning there, but it does uh, explain that it is the feast of weeks. It is also called the feast of harvest. Uh, we read that in Exodus 23:16 and Deuteronomy chapter 6. 
uh, 16, verse uh, 9, 10, and verse 16. Uh, it's also known as the day of first fruits. Probably special meaning for us uh, when it talks about that. And that's found in Numbers 20. Well, let's read that one, Numbers 28. Numbers 28, turn with me there. Numbers 28, 26. Numbers, one of our favorite chapter uh, books to read in the Bible, right? With all the genealogies and things that are there. But in chapter 28, we read this, verse 26. It says, Also in the day of first fruits, when you bring in a new meat offering unto the eternal, after your weeks be out. And the weeks ended yesterday, right? Seven weeks. And then the morrow after that, seventh Sabbath today, you shall bring in a new meat offering unto the Lord after your weeks be out. You shall have a holy convocation and you shall do no servile work. So here we are, we're convocating. And this is a holy day and, and it's a wonderful day and it's really awesome to be here. So when we look at the, the understanding and the knowledge that we have gathered uh, over the years about this day, we know that, uh, we, that, that the Early spring harvest, the barley harvest, was not the big harvest, was it? No, it was the small harvest. Uh, I look at it this way. In Texas, I've got tomatoes planted. And I've picked about six during these days. So, during these weeks. But that's not the big amount that we're going to pick. And I, I just get it. When I, when I was thinking about that, I was really realizing... Uh, we are a small amount of what God is going to do, just the beginning. We are the first fruits. Do you count yourself blessed to be first fruits? I, I hope so. Amen. Yes, we should. It's, a, it's really tremendous what God is doing. And he, he is going to bring about, um, you know, the completion of all things. We'll talk about that too. So we're here celebrating. This is, in one sense, like the birthday of the church, right? Uh, the church was born 31 A.D., at Pentecost, and there was something that very special, the, the reading that we had just read through those verses of, of what this day pictures, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit landed, you know, upon them in, in, a, in a real particular way, and God began the New Testament church without the giving of the Holy Spirit and without the sacrifice of a Savior, Jesus Christ, harvesting of what we are a part of couldn't take place, could it? So Jesus had to be the first of the first fruits. He's leading the way for us, and, uh, you know, salvation is open, and, and we get our chance, and I am thankful where I am placed, aren't you, in the body of Christ. And it is interesting to note, too, that one of the greatest moments in the history of mankind happened in Exodus 19, where God gave his covenant, the Ten Commandments, to the children of Israel. That was monumental. Uh, first time that had ever taken place. He actually gives, gives a covenant in, written in stone. And we know the covenant now is the one that's written on our hearts. But it was the beginning. And they were written on stone. And you know, the children of Israel arrived at Mount Sinai in what month? The third month. So they were there. And it seems very apparent that, uh, and quite possible that God's commandments were given on this day. Now, doesn't that, isn't that something? On the day of Pentecost, that that would have been given. 
uh, and they came came into the you know into that to, to that that place. Uh, <clears throat> I think that's um, you know there's uh, I, I would try I was thinking about picking out somebody here that I could pick on about you know I wasn't there but somebody may have been you know so but I won't do that. Uh, but I think it's incredible what God is doing. I want us to turn over here to 1 Corinthians 2. I mentioned this yesterday, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And if you were here yesterday, you will remember that I said there was something my mother said to me, that uh, God has something prepared for you beyond your wildest imaginations. I love my mama for that. I love her for everything else too, but... Uh, she was uh, such a, a, con- a convicted and, and converted woman. Uh, she was, uh, you know, her and my dad were were quite uh, great examples for me growing up in God's church. You know my dry mouth issue. Excuse me a minute. But read this, 1 Corinthians 2. <clears throat> I think as we go through these verses, next few verses, we are going to realize how magnificent it is to have God's Spirit. This day is why we're here. We're here for that, to recognize the magnificence of God's Spirit. But it says in verse 9, it says, and this is what Mom read to me, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men, the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. You know, we want to try to see that. You know, we, uh, we see through a glass dimly or darkly. But God has things prepared for you and for me and for all of mankind that are beyond our wildest imaginations, beyond what we can comprehend. You know, we, yesterday we tried to get a glimpse of what it will be like when we're in heavenly Jerusalem and when we're with God and when, we, when he is with us and dwells with us. But, you know, we, we see through a glass darkly on that. But, but continue reading here, it says, but, but, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. You know, without his spirit, we have no comprehension. By his spirit, we do have, you know, as he says, see through a glass darkly. So we do, we do see. Uh, we do have comprehension and we have hope and we have faith and we have you know, just a great future ahead. He's revealed it to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Think about that. The spirit searches the deep things of God. <clears throat> that is... Uh, that is a powerful force when it is able to search the deep things of God. And, of course, we know the Spirit of God. He is Spirit, so this is part of Him that He gives to us. Thank you, God, how great that is. Continue reading here. It says, For what man knows the things of man save the Spirit of man which is in him? And, you know, we are the only one of His creations that of the physical aspect that have that ability. The spirit of man were able to reason, discern, and figure things out. Uh, and, you know, and as uh, some would say, it puts us at the top of the food chain, so to speak, because, you know, uh, we have, were given that, and then Adam was told to, you know, to watch over that, to shepherd all of, all things, because we, we have that ability and we're given that. But just continue reading here. It says, we don't know the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knows no man but by the spirit of God. So, do you understand what you read? If the answer is yes, 
Guess how that's happening? The Spirit of God. There is nothing greater than to be able to say, I understand. Because that is God allowing us through His Spirit to comprehend. And wow, look what we see and look what's ahead. Very exciting, very exciting. Uh, it says, now, uh, now, verse 12, we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit, uh, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given us of God. So today we're going to look at some of these things. You know, uh, he would send that spirit of truth. We'll read about that. Whereby we may know the things of God, and I am so thankful for that. Uh, I, I hope all of us will take time today, tonight, tomorrow, the next few days, just thanking God for His Spirit and thanking Him for the understanding that we have. Uh, we should take time, shouldn't we, to thank Him. We should, very much so. And frankly, this day explains the purpose of our existence. It explains it. It's about where we're headed. It's about what's ahead. It's about what our destination, our final destination is, which is in heavenly Jerusalem with God himself as the first fruits of God. Uh, and so turn with me to Romans chapter 11 because I think we should read a, a couple of scriptures here of uh, uh, appreciation and praise to God for what he's giving us uh, before we uh, before we cover other things. But we read this in Romans chapter 11 beginning here in verse 33. And I, I hope you can respond, amen, yes, I see that, I agree with that. Because it says, oh, the depths of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Amen. The depths and the, uh, the depths and the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. You know, I want to find out about God. I do want to ask him, how he how he hang like I said yesterday hangs the you know the the universe the planets out there on nothing how do you do that and um, I, I want to know how he does things I want to know how the spirit that is that he is is able to work here and change us and and change us to follow him I, I want to know how that spirit moved on the face of the waters in Genesis one and things began to happen. It's powerful, the Spirit of God, and we have it, and we are so blessed to have that. It says, continue, continuing here, verse 34, For who has known the mind of the eternal, or who has uh, been his counselor? Wouldn't that be crazy to think we would tell God anything? <laughs> it just, it's not possible. No, he is, uh, he is the, he is absolutely the ultimate there. Or who has, uh, first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. We are created for his pleasure. We are created for his service. Who is the perfect example of that but our Lord and Savior, who said all of the time, I came to not to do my own will, but to do the will of the Father. That is what Jesus did that should be our mantra as well we are here to do the will of the father and to you know follow all of the tremendous uh, blessings and the knowledge and the truth that he has given us uh, because he is renovating us and changing us and beginning to work in us and walk in us until 
we are fully capable and able as spirit beings to be, you know, trusted by him and to to work with him in, in all of the things that we'll be able to do. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I, I hope all of you are as well and that you can feel this is a good day today and that you can be real thankful for his spirit. We're going to read how important it is for us to use it. There's a lot of verses for us to cover. But it's uh, it's a good day for us, I believe, also to to feel and hear about God's care and comfort for us because God loves us. He loves you. He loves me. He loves us. And, uh, you know, it's very humbling. You know, Job, remember in Job chapter 38 where, you know, he, he God says, you know, where were you when I laid the foundations? Remember that? You read that? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the world? And he starts, uh, you know, declaring to Job all the things he's done. And, you know, what was Job's response? You know, was he humbled? Absolutely he was. And, I, you know, I think that's the way we need to be as well, humbled that we are in his presence and that he is working and leading and being with us. So I'm feeling pretty blessed today. I hope you are too. Turn with me to Ephesians 2. I'm feeling that, uh, that, that spirit of God and appreciative for it and feeling his love. We read this verse 2 of Ephesians 2. It says, Wherein in times past... Uh, wait a minute, let's see, do I want to be, I want to be chapter 1, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 1. It says, grace, be, verse 2 says, grace be to you in peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Amen to that. You know, bless God for that, those things. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. We have a large responsibility to do that, to be before him without blame. It says we're to be a holy people as he is holy. And, you know, uh, you know, the sermonette yesterday was how do you recover from a fall? Well, you, when you don't do exactly that, we have to repent and change. We have to keep letting God work in us and keep changing us and making the uh, the tough decisions that we sometimes have to make as we as we battle our enemy and the mindset that he wants us to have but he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world now that right there could be a really good discussion in a bible study adrian you need to do a uh, an armor of god on that one okay because that is that that is uh, there can be a controversy because there that starts talking about predestination and what you know how does that all explained? I don't have time today, but there is, uh, you know, good explanation of that. Uh, also, turn with me to James chapter one. James one, because who is the one that gives us all the good gifts? What's the best gift you've ever had? You don't have to tell me. I can think of a couple of really good gifts that I've had in my lifetime. But, you know, the real giver of the really good gifts is God. And the best gift that I have ever received is God's Spirit. That is the best gift I have ever received. Uh, verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, uh, with whom is no variables, nuts, neither shadow of turning. We better be glad of that because if he promises it, he will fulfill his promises. 
He is uh, faithful to do that. Uh, you, know, all of, you know all the trouble and difficulties that the children of Israel went through? In Joshua, it says that everything that he had promised, he did for them, even through all of that difficulty. Will he do any less for us? No, he will. He will accomplish everything that he's promised. We can, we can count on that. Uh, and, and he's given us his Holy Spirit to help us so that we can, can, can eventually end up with him. It's, his, it's, his, uh, it's the way he does it. It's what we're gifted with. And I'm really glad for that. I'm very, I feel very blessed, uh, extremely blessed, and very thankful today. And it does, this day does show God's love for us. It's the best gift. Uh, so with that, kind of as a prelude, let's go back for a bit to Leviticus chapter 23. Because in the book of Leviticus chapter 23, what do we have listed? Anybody? Holy days. Here is the book. And the chapter that lists the holy days. Uh, and yesterday was a holy day too, wasn't it? Because the Sabbath is also considered one of God's holy days. But we read this in verse 9, Leviticus 23. We're going to read about this day. This day. And the Eternal spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When you are come into the land which I give unto you, and you, and, and you shall reap of the harvest thereof, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And he shall wave it before the Lord to be accepted for you. And on the morrow after the Sabbath, the sheaf shall be waved. And we understand that timing. We understand that. We know that timing. And it was waved on the Sunday before, between, during the days of unleavened bread, correct? And then from that point, period you count weeks and yesterday was the seventh week and today is Pentecost it's actually the end of that harvest right it's the end of that spring harvest so when I go home from this trip back to uh, Texas the tomatoes I pick will no longer be first fruits will they they'll be the big harvest the fall harvest but continuing here, it says, um, He shall wave it before the Lord to be accepted of you on the morrow after the Sabbath. Uh, you shall wave it and you shall offer, and, and you shall offer that day when you wave the sheaf a, a he lamb without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord. We could think about that. Who would, the, who would have been the lamb that would have been offered, correct? And a meat offering thereof with two tenths deal of fine flour mingled with oil. Uh, an offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savor, and a drink offering thereof shall be of wine, and a fourth part of a hen. And you shall eat neither bread, nor parched corn, nor green ears, until the selfsame day that you have brought a new off an offering unto the Lord. And it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. I am convinced that if we would have lived during the time that this was written, we would not understand what we know today. It would have been something that we would have been doing in honor and in respect of God and to follow what he was wanting for harvests, right? Uh, I don't see that they fully understood what we understand. There's just no way. Now, were a few granted God's spirit? Absolutely, that we're able to, to see things. Uh, that is another reason for us to be really feel blessed today because of what God has opened our minds to. 
not everybody has seen what we're able to see and what we're blessed to understand and what we're blessed to comprehend. And so we know that the small spring harvest, which we are reading about here, begins, as I said, on you know, from the wave sheep. When that wave sheep was waved, then that barley harvest could begin, and it ended today on Pentecost. And uh, it, you know, and we also recognize the spiritual application because who is the true wave sheep? Jesus Christ, and He was resurrected. You know, Sunday Saturday, Sabbath after sundown that period. And, and Sunday morning, he, he said, don't touch me. I have not ascended to my father. And then he was accepted. And he came back and he says, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. So we know that that happened. And he, became, he is the true wave sheep. By him, we are here today. And we will have an opportunity to be a part of that first resurrection. And that's... Wow, that's, uh, that's, that's huge. That's great. But we're not all of it, are we? We are just the beginning. Because we know that the late season, the late harvest, uh, is called the Feast of Ingathering. And it, go, and it ends when? Tabernacles. That is the second harvest. It, it is also a grain harvest. And it, it occurred in, you know, late summer all the way till uh, you know, early autumn and ended, ended at the feast. And it pictures the larger group that will be gathered in at a later time, uh, which I hope we have an opportunity to help with that, don't you, with that. But we, will be, we are the first fruits. This day pictures it. And frankly, it is the, the understanding of harvests, the, the early harvest and the late harvest, that gives us the the understanding that God is talking about this day is about harvesting saints, not wheat, right? Not physical wheat, but it's a spiritual harvest that we're a part of. And um, I want to uh, I want to be one of those that stands in Revelation verse twenty or twenty verse six. Let's turn there. Revelation 20, verse 6. My hope is in this. My trust is in this. And I'm, let's see, uh, if I was a gambling man, I would place everything on this. Everything in my life depends, is placed on this. It says, blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power, but but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Everybody want to join me? We will, we will join others as well. You know, it talks about that uh, the two loaves. And, you know, we want to know what the two loaves are that are talked about back there in Leviticus. Uh, I have a, I have a, 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 a belief that what it says here in Hebrews 11 really is an explanation of that. Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 39 and 40. We read this yesterday, talked about it from a little different aspect, but it says, and talking about all those that, that have died, all those that have been faithful, all those who have uh, lived through the difficulties and the, and the, 
the trials that they each were presented, different. We all have different trials, as they did. It says, all these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. I believe we're talking about two loves there. You've got those who are of the first, uh, you know, the new, the, uh, the church that has begun in 31 AD, plus all of those who have been faithful from the beginning. Maybe I'm wrong. But that is one way that I look at it. That's when, so, you know, if you want to uh, pin me to the wall, I'm just saying that's Wynn's opinion, Wynn's understanding. So, um, you know, if you have, uh, you know, we're always open for uh, further understanding and further further direction on those things. But, <clears throat> hey, that they without us, and I, you know, those two loaves, those two loaves, baked with leaven, which you know possibly represents the first fruits of the Old Testament and the New Testament combined, uh, and I uh, I look forward to meeting all of those that have uh, endured uh, maybe things worse than we've endured, as we will all be joined together in that time. So with that, then let's go over here to to, to Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. This is the day. Uh, that God's Spirit came. And it was read once, but uh, if I can, I'll read it and read some of these verses again. Beginning here in verse uh, verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all gathered together in one place. You know, and it goes on to talk about the number. I'm really surprised, amazed, um, shocked that there were only 120. You know, when you read... Uh, that it was just such a small number. Christ had healed many. Uh, the preaching had gone on. The, the 12 had been sent out. And the there were lots of people who had been affected. And yet, when Pentecost came, there were only 120. Maybe it's because with the death of Christ, they thought it was over. I don't know. Um, who knows? But there were only 120, and it says they were all in one accord in one place. And it says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and set upon each of them. Have you ever thought about that? Cloven tongues of fire set upon each of them. Um, I, you know, I, what does that mean? Well, I don't know definitively. I just know this, that Malachi says that Jesus Christ sits as a refiner's fire and as fuller soap. Why? To burn off all of our chaff so that we can be those who God can use. Uh, so, and, and you know, this is different. When you read in Matthew where Jesus Christ, you know, uh, was baptized, and there was the dove that descended on a dove that descended on him. It was not cloven tongues of fire. It was different. So I, you know, maybe it represents for us that uh, our time on this earth and the time that we're called and the time that we have a, God's Holy Spirit is not an easy time. It's difficult. But it was cloven tongues of fire. Matt Mark also says that you will be, uh, you know, assaulted with salt and baptized with fire. And we have a, we're, God has to do a lot of changing in us, doesn't he? He has to burn away a lot of the dross. 
but just interesting. And it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 4, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And we know that uh, as, as we read through this, that the, the miracle was, was in the hearing because everybody heard that it, in, their, in their own language. But it was a miracle. It was a miracle that took place. But they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And that was the beginning of the church. And it was also the, the fulfillment that of the, of the scriptures that he said, I would not leave, I will not leave you comfortless. Turn with me over here to, uh, to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Again, as we're going through these things, as we're looking at these scriptures, remember how wonderful it is to have God's Spirit. And why it is that he has given it to us. But we read this in John chapter 14. And we'll start here in verse 16. 16 he says, And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it sees him not. Neither knows him not. But you know him. For he dwells with you and shall be in you. And I will not leave you comfortless, verse 18, I will come unto you. And, you know, continuing down here, verse 20, things. These things have I spoken unto you, uh, being, yet, being yet present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So... <clears throat> Christ knew he was leaving. He knew he was going to be gone. And he didn't leave us without the comforter. Wow. That is, that is wonderful. That's incredible. Chapter 16. Turn with me to, to there. Verse 7. John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send it unto you. Some translations say him. But we know that the Spirit of God is not a person. We know that it is the agent of God. It is the power of God. It is how he accomplishes all things. It is his, it's the power. It's from him. Not an entity, not another being. But he says, I will send you the Comforter. And he certainly did. Verse 13, Howbeit when he, talking about it, the spirit of truth, is come, it will guide you into all truth, and you shall not speak, and it, sh- and it shall not speak of himself. So, you know, that verse right there goes back to what we read in 1 Corinthians 2, that without the spirit of God, you can't understand and comprehend. So, let's jump up and be happy about the fact we comprehend and understand the things of God. That is marvelous. That is tremendous. Uh, we should be very thankful, and we are tremendously blessed. And <clears throat> Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1. So this is, uh, we're going to read here that Jesus Christ is about to ascend back to the Father. And the disciples come to him, and they're saying, Hey, are you going to establish the kingdom now? And what were they looking for? They were looking for... You know, uh, a conquering king, one that would, you know, rule in a physical government on earth and take over and, and be that kind of a king. 
And he said, and so they're looking for that. And they said unto him, um, verse 6, it said, and they said, therefore, uh, they were come together. They asked him, saying, Will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? But earlier in the verses, he had said, um, beginning here in verse 4. So they were looking for that. I'm just saying, they were looking for that. But let's get the whole context, beginning here in verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. If you're looking for the title of this sermon today, it's this. The promise of the Father. We have been given it. The promise from God. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. For they were, when they were therefore come together, and they asked him, saying, we just read this, you know, will you at this time restore the kingdom? Verse 7, he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. Okay, so we can search out and we can predict all we want when he's going to do these things, but... We'll never know. Unless he reveals, unless he is, because he is the one that sets the time. But this, verse 8 says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you. We have received power. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost, uttermost parts of the earth. And so, again, you know, what is the Spirit? It's the power of God. It is the, it's not, like I said, it's not an, it's His divine power. And it does so many things. Uh, it, 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 it gives us um, the ability to discern right from wrong. It gives us the power to make the changes we need to at the moments we need to if we will follow it and we will listen to it. It is what God uses to accomplish His will. We are part of the will of God. And His will for us is that we be with Him forever. We have the Spirit to help us get there. It is by His Spirit that we are able to overcome and grow and to change. And yes, even though the Spirit was given to you know a few in the Old Testament, and you know, we read those things, we know that, they were far fewer than the number that have it today. And even, and we'll read Joel 2 here in a minute, which Peter, Peter stood up on that day, you know, when, in, in Acts chapter 2, and he, he referred back to a prophecy in Joel, didn't he? And we'll, we'll look at that and we'll read that. But, um, individuals we know in the Old Testament that had God's Spirit, David, uh, Elisha, uh, Elijah, they had God's spirit. Uh, I would say, you, know, you remember when, uh, you, you know, oh, Elijah, oh, I'm the only one left. And God said, I've got 7,000 who've not bowed their knee to Baal. You know, God was working in other places. They didn't, he didn't recognize it, but, uh, that's kind of the way it is with us. We think we're only. We, in fact, I grew up in one of the churches that said we are the only. How do we know? That's pretty egotistical, isn't it? When God says that He would have all men saved. Who, how do we know where God is working? You know, we think it's just here? I don't think so. He is working 
in ways so that he will accomplish that. Uh, that all will, you know, he would, he w- it doesn't say everyone will repent. He says he, he wishes that everybody would. So that is uh, certainly up to him. But God will accomplish through his spirit what he has set out to do and what he has promised. And this day is a huge and, and a monumental day. So, you, you know, here in Acts 2, Peter stands up and he, uh, he gives a sermon, doesn't he? And as a result of that sermon, there were thousands that were converted. But one of the things that he refers to is a prophecy, uh, you know, back here in Joel. Uh, well, let's read it in Acts first, and then we'll go back to Joel. In verse 17, it said, And it came to pass in the last, in the last days, says the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That was what he was reading that he believed was happening in Acts chapter 2 there. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Do I think that that the ultimate fulfillment of this has happened? Probably not. I do believe that what happened in Acts was a fulfillment. Turn with me to Joel chapter 2. It's good for us to know the historical aspects of these things and to see the scriptures that the apostles and that Christ and, and all of those in the New Testament were quoting because they were biblically based, as we should be. Verse 28, say, uh, let's see here, yeah, it says in it, verse 28, this is the promised outpouring of the Spirit, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and the pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood uh, before the great and terrible day of the Lord. So he was looking ahead, wasn't he? to things that were going to to happen. And, you know, Peter's like, wow, hey, this is it. This is what the prophet Joel was talking about. He understood that. Hmm. How did he understand that? By the Holy Spirit. Those things were open to him by God's Spirit, and he was able to see those things. And, you know, just to finish the thought, let's read verse 32. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in, in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. So great things that we read here, great things that are ahead. But you know, this day is a day about first fruits, who we are, whom we are. And we are part of the first fruits. And um, he says this, and I won't, go, I won't turn there, but I'm going to refer you back to James chapter 1. Verse 18 says that we should be a kind of first fruits. Remember it says that? That we are to be a kind of first fruits unto him. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15 states this. 1 Corinthians 15. And what is 1 Corinthians 15 again? Resurrection chapter. Talks about the resurrection. Talks about those things. So, In 1 Corinthians 15, beginning here in verse 16, says, For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. I read some of this yesterday, didn't I? And and if Christ be not raised, then your faith is vain, and you are also in your sins. 
Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Not the way it is. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, then we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that are, that have, that sleep. For since by man came death, by man also comes the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. For every man in his own order. Notice this. Christ the firstfruits, and afterwards those who were at Christ at his coming. Pretty awesome. Then comes the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even to the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power. And so here we are on, on this day. The resurrection is what we're looking forward to. And we're looking forward to being uh, alive in spiritual form with him forever. This is what that, this is so special. Isn't that special? It is to me. I, uh, I look forward to that time. This calling that we have, uh, we should never take it for granted. It's wow. It's huge. It's fantastic. We should never take it for granted. Uh, and we, we should remember this. So we're, when we're resurrected, when the fulfillment of this day takes place, and blessed are and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. Then let's read what happens. First John, turn with me to First John, chapter three. First John three. Verse two says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. What does that mean? That means we can't see it means we're a physical flesh. And by the way, we cannot appear before God in this form. What would happen? We would perish. This We could not. Look, Moses, when he was on the mount, he said, I want to see you. And, you know, God covered his eyes and, you know, turned the backside. And he he came out of the mountain, what? Glowing. So... To be in God's presence will be incredible. It will be awesome. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. Now that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, over in, turn with me to, Dan, keep your fingers here, okay? Turn to Daniel real quick. Daniel chapter 12. Daniel 12. And we'll read here, I want to read the first four verses of Daniel 12. And it says, At that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which stands for the children of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even unto the same time. And at that time the people shall be delivered, every one of them that shall be found written in the book. What book? Book of Life. Is it important for us to have our names written in the book of life? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. We're talking about a resurrection here. And everyone that shall be found, uh, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some 
to everlasting life and some to everlasting contempt. And they that, now here, this is the verse I wanted to read. No, you know, I referred that we in this flesh cannot stand before God. But notice this. Notice this. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. Now, is that figurative or literal? Well, that's, what if it's literal? What if we will shine like God shines? I think that's the only way we're able to stand before him. We have to be in that spirit form. It says, and they that be wise shall, uh, shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. I want to see every one of you in that form. However that is and whatever that looks like. However that, however that is accomplished. And they, those who are wise and shine as the brightness of the firmament, shall turn many to righteousness. That is going to be fun. Maybe trying, but fun. And as I mentioned yesterday, you know, uh, there we will have power so that my friend Ben, who lived with us that I don't have the power to heal, God will, and there will be changes. So it's going to be an awesome time when we are able to lead people to know and understand what we know, the greatest. We understand the greatest things. And they shall turn many to righteousness, and they that be many, they that turn many to righteousness will be about 20. Is that what it says? What does it say? As the stars forever and ever. Stars, it's innumerable. Now, you know, in my uh, limited way of thinking, you know, we name a few constellations and, you know, we have a few. God knows every one of the stars and has them named. So, uh, our God is uh, quite capable of doing all things. And here we get a chance to be with him. And we get a chance in the, as we're resurrected into a form that we're able to see him and be with him. And, um, boy, I want to I wanna be with him. I want to go talk to him. Uh, I want to talk to Christ. I want to talk to Paul as well. <laughs> There's a lot of guys and individuals I want to talk to. You know, I want to find out uh, what it was like, what they went through. And so glad that they're, you know, they're there and that we're part of that we get to be a part of all of the things that he's doing. And then, you know, we read in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50, it says, In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump, we shall be changed. Um, that will be a, a, an awesome moment. We shall all be changed. Uh, so I pause for a moment because um, that really humbles me to know that we comprehend that, that we comprehend that. And Matthew chapter 13, Matthew 13 says, verse 16, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and blessed are your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, notice this, this is how special it is to be here today, to have God's Spirit, and to know what God is doing. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to look into the things which you see, and have not seen them, and to hear the things which you hear, and have not been able to hear them. Wow. It's a special day. I'm, I thank God. I thank God that all of us have a calling and that all of us together 
are working towards his purpose. And that's, I could end there, but I'm not. And you know, we, read a, we read another scripture in Corinthians, uh, for, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. You can write it. I'm not turning there. That says we are going to be changed from glory to glory. Uh, you know, the same image, from glory to glory. There's going to be transformation taking place. I don't know what it's like to be a spirit being, but um, I sure want to try on the new model. I want to be a part of that. Uh, and, you know, it's... Uh, I'm looking here because there are things I think I should uh, skip because of time. But if we're going to be there, we have to utilize this gift that we've been given, don't we? And we're encouraged in Philippians chapter 2, Philippians 2, and verse 5, which says, Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. That is what we're attaining to, isn't it? Uh, Keep your finger there. We could go back to Ephesians 4. It says, um, uh, verse 15, but speaking the truth in love that we may grow up into him in all things. We want to think like him. Well, I want to be like him. I want to think like him. And who is the head, even Christ. So we read that. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Can you imagine sitting on the right hand of the Father, having all power and authority, having created the worlds, and then to just leave all of that behind and come down to be a mortal human being, and to live a life of service, and to live a life, and then end up dying, dying for the creation that you made? And letting the creation that you made kill you. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Let's continue reading. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Another translation says he didn't, he didn't count equality with God something to be grasped at. He was just there to do his responsibility and to serve as God wanted him to serve as his, as the son of God. He didn't uh, he didn't look at that and say, "No, I'm in charge. I'm not leaving my place here. Go find somebody else." Was that his attitude? No. No, he he laid it down. He was willing to do that. Made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. You will notice in the Church of God International that we, we look and we seek for ministry to be those who will be humble. We look for those who will be humble servants and who will be servant leaders, those who will lead and help and guide, who, will, who those who will be um, you know, uh, encouragers, those who will be, uh, those who will be the, uh, I'm trying to think of the words of the, I've, I've fallen, so, Don, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. Helpers of people's joy. That is what we, we look for. 
That's what Jesus would. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That is pretty humble for the one that created us, isn't it? He was willing to do that, and, and it says we are to have that mindset. And we are to be those who, with his spirit, grow unto the kind of uh, man he was and to the God that he is. That is our job. That is what we're looking for. I know it's difficult at times. We have days when it's harder than others. But, you know, as, as the old saying goes, don't give up. God is patient with us, and he is continuing through his spirit to lead us and to change us. And um, I'm looking forward to the new model, as I've said, when he's finished with us. But he humbled himself, and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You know, we do something at Passover that he set the mantra for, which was he washed feet. He washed feet. Jesus washed feet. In, in that society, that's like the lowest job. We believe as servants of God, and I hope all of you believe that there isn't any job too menial for us. We all serve together. We all work together. If Jesus could wash feet, I can too. And can't you? That we be those who will be that way and follow. It says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. That only comes through the Holy Spirit. And, and let's, let's work towards that, all of us. Let's work towards that. And I also believe in ministry that we are not over the ministry. Our job is to equip the saints. What does that mean? That means we are to help you understand what God has given you and help you get there. We're not over you and, you know, ah, you can't do this, you can't do that. I had, <laughs> I gotta tell you a story. So I was, I was in parking one year at the Feast of Tabernacles and, uh, and so I was out there directing and this guy comes up to me and says, what are you doing that for? I didn't give you permission. We don't have that kind of attitude. We are we are here to to love and assist and help, and all of us together through the gifts. Look, if we don't let you do things, and, and I hate saying it that way, like we're above and we're not, but we need to help you and allow you to do things where your gifts are developed, so that the spirit that's within you will allow you to grow to the potential that God has for you. And remember what I said yesterday, that each of us are placed in the body as Christ chooses, right? That's 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. He sets everyone in the body as it pleases Him. So you're here because God wants you to be. And you have things that God can use. And I, I know that there isn't any one of us in this room that is going that is anywhere close to the potential that He will grant us in one of these days. So... We can't give up. This is a day of hope. This is a day of using this spirit that God has given us to continue to grow and to develop. There are a lot of scriptures that say a lot of things about the, about the spirit. It tells us to live in the spirit. You find that in Galatians 5.25. It also tells us to walk in the spirit. That's verse 20, uh, 16 and 25. It also says that we're to be led by God's spirit. That is, this letting the Spirit work in us. And then we're told that we're to produce fruits through the Spirit of God. It is the power of, it is a powerful force. It is, it is, uh, His agent to allow us to do those things. 
And everything that we do needs to be done through God's Spirit. And it is what we are seeking and what we're looking for. We're also told not to quench the Spirit. We can do that. But don't let others quench your Spirit either. You can't let that happen. But we are not to quench the Spirit. We're told, let's read this one in 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4. And verse 14 says, we're not, neglect not the Spirit. We need to nurture and grow that gift. Daily. I'm not going to tell you, you know, how long you have to pray, how long you have to read. That, I used to be told, you know, unless you pray an hour. You imagine the things you're saying after an hour? I like it better to be instant in prayer when things come up as I'm driving, as I am walking with God, as I am hunting. I talk to God. That's part of prayer. And when I'm running into difficulties, it's like, Father, how do I handle this? You need to help me through your spirit to get through this this day and through this difficulty that I'm going through. Uh, I could not have gotten through my fall without God's spirit and without your prayers. Thank you. Because it was his spirit that that helped me through and helped me to continue. So we're told not to neglect not the spirit, which was given you by by prophecy with the laying on of the presbytery. That is uh, that spectacular. To receive the Spirit. Okay, so any of you that aren't baptized, I expect it next week. It's the best thing you could ever get. God's Spirit. So when I was baptized, I was 18, and I was in junior college. So I'm going to tell you a funny story. If you think that you shouldn't be baptized, I think you should reconsider. We should be baptized. It is the beginning. Didn't you say that, Murray, yesterday? Baptism is the beginning. So I was baptized on a cold November day in 1973. And the next day I went to college. And I'm like, uh, I wonder if this is working. <laughs> and I look at the co-eds and it's like, I don't think it's working. <laughs> Until I was walking down a hallway and I got cold chills on my back. And you know how you get those and, you know, the hair stands up. And I turned around and behind me there was a, a fellow that we kind of teased. We called him the old guy, the perpetual student. I don't know how old he was. But he said these words. He said, we know who you are. What? We know who you are. That told me, if they know, it's working. God had given me the Spirit. It's the beginning point. Seek it. It is the greatest gift. It is the greatest gift. I'm so thankful for it, and I I love that fact. We're told to stir it up, not to neglect it. And look. Turn with me to Romans 8. Romans 8, my hope is in this, I count on this, I bank on this scripture. Verse 10 says, and if Christ be in you, and how is he in us? 
through his spirit. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. The spirit of God. If the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you. Did Christ rise? How? God's spirit. The spirit. If the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that has raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. And we will be born into the family of God. And I can't think of anything better than that. We read this. So take heart. Don't let your enemy overcome you. Use the Spirit of God. Use the power that He's given you to make the changes that He is looking for. And have confidence. And have faith. And have belief that He will, that He, the Father, through the Spirit, will accomplish all that He has promised. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Two more scriptures and then we can eat. <laughs> Philippians 1, verse 6 says this. Being confident of this very thing, that He which has begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. We have to have that confidence. It's great. I do. I have that confidence. We've been given a very precious gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, Christ. And by it, we'll stand with Him one of these days and we will, we will see everything that He has promised accomplished. And then there's ages to come. But let's accomplish this first. And I want to conclude over here in Ephesians chapter 3. Just back a couple of verses. Uh, chapters, I should say. Ephesians chapter 3. And we're going to read a section of scriptures here, verse 14 through 21. And at the top of this, and when I'm done reading, I will sit down. At the top of my heading here, it says strength through the Spirit. So let's read this. And let's uh, really... Be moved by it, I think, and take it in as we conclude this message, as we conclude this feast. It says, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And I hope I can get through this. (laughs) Yes, I bow my knees. That He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might, by his spirit and in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and someday we'll see that we'll be able to to grasp that in its fullness and to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of the Lord. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think according to the power that works in us unto him be glory 
in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Thank you, brethren, for joining us today. We actually have 175 or so here, so that's uh, a good-sized crowd. Uh, thank you, Wynn, for taking the time to uh, come up and be with us, away from again, away from your congregation and your family. Let's uh, take some time and rise and have an opportunity to sing praises to our God as we close out this holy day. We'll begin the last set on page 162. That's page 162. We will sing The Mercy That Never Fails on page 162.
beautiful once again, brethren. It's nice to come together as a very large group and sing praises to our God. We'll finish on page 217. On page 217, apropos to end the Feast of Weeks and the Day of Pentecost with, as we picture the receipt of the Holy Spirit and receiving our marching orders to go witness for Christ, we'll close on page 217 with Onward Christian Soldiers, after which we'll be led in the closing prayer by one of Kitchener's pastors, Rick Dubler. I will ask you to, uh, uh, after the closing prayer, to just uh, uh, be seated for a couple of minutes. We've got some direction and announcements relative to the lunch that we'll get through. So page 217, followed by the closing prayer.
heads, brethren. We, Holy Father, loving Father, we come before your throne at this time, at the close of this service. We are so grateful, Father, that you've called us out of this world, not because of anything that we are or have done, but because of your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for opening our eyes to your spirit, opening our eyes to a truth and the hope that much of the world knows nothing about. Thankfully, Father, they will have that opportunity as well. Thank you for the first fruits, for being part of that first calling, for that resurrection that we can be part of. Thank you, Father, for training us and teaching us and transforming our minds through your spirit that we might be like Christ in our service to one another. Bless us, Father, with this opportunity also to serve in various capacities, to be good stewards of your work. We know, Father, that we have a little part in that, and we're so grateful that you've allowed us to be part of that. Bless our fellowship now as we conclude this service, that we might have love for one another, and, Father, that we might extend ourselves in our service to one another, even as Christ did to us. Bless the food and the abundance that we have. We're so grateful for this beautiful, wonderful country that we have in, that we can meet in peace. And, Father, that we have this prosperity that we can partake of now. We just thank you for it all, ask your blessing on it, and we give you thanks in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So just just quickly be seated. Um, obviously, with 175 strong, it will take us a little bit of an opportunity to uh, change the room up for the tables and the chairs for the meal. So we would ask you to take all of your stuff out to your cars. It's a beautiful day outside. It's similar to yesterday. Uh, give us about 15, 20 minutes, and then we'll have everybody back in. To You can grab your spot at the table. We would like, obviously, to honor our seniors and have them go through the table first, then families with uh, little children, and then the rest of us can go in a suitable and orderly fashion. So we're looking forward to sharing the fellowship meal together. Again, thank you for your attendance here. Do rise. We're going to close with one final scripture, as we like to do. As you rise, we'll close in Acts chapter 2. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received this word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Amen.
All the way back. All right, it goes all the way back. <laughs> I was like, I thought these were just the ones here. No, I was like, oh, no, they, they go all the way back.
musical being. Check one, two.
I'm thinking of my own singing. Wait a minute, Mark.